Hello and welcome. During today's podcast episode, we're going to find out what do you do after your dream job sucks donkey dick. That's right. I said donkey dick. Any of your problem with me saying donkey dick? You shouldn't listen to this podcast. So today's episode, we're going to be talking to someone very special to me who has a very cute aesthetic, cute and and vibrant and positive, and I love her. Uh, her name is Travia Atalori, and I practice saying her name lots and lots and lots and lots to make sure I was giving her the proper respect. You guys can follow her with the same exact username. I'm going to spell it for you. S R A V. Y-A underscore A-T-T-A-L-U-R-I. And of course, she would be listed in the description. She can follow her as well because this bitch needs more followers like ASAP. What's up, Stravia? How are you Hi. doing today? I am good. I'm excited. I'm happy. <laughs> You're ha- Okay, she's in a good mood. She's feeling it. How many, have you ever done a podcast up, like recording before? No, never. This is my first time. I'm like super excited. I've been dreaming about this. Um, it's kind of cheesy, but I, I think the first podcast I listened to was the Woman of Illustration one. Like I... Re- what? Yeah, like actually I never really listened to podcasts. Um, and then oh. I had to start walking my dog and... It really sucked, so that's why I started. <laughs> yeah, I, I, could, I could keep you company while you're walking your dog. Yeah, and I was like, wow, these are really helpful, you know? Oh, um, I'm glad that you think so. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of criticism lately on the podcast, and I'm like, and I'm trying to be like, that's a really good point. Like, I should make those changes. Thank you. So like, hey, guys, if you ever have any recommendations to make this podcast better, just send me a DM on Women of Illustration. I'm always down to listen, because I think this podcast is too important for it to be shitty. Yeah, for sure. I learned so much, honestly. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. Um, well, I really like your artwork. I was, ex- I mean, you're like, hey, Dina, can I just be on the podcast? I'm like, uh, yeah, you totally can be on the podcast. Um, and on- honestly, it just takes people to ask. So, hey, we're always looking for new people to have on here. If you have a topic that you'd like to share, that's something especially we haven't discussed before, come on down. Send me an email, Dina at womenofillustration.com or again, a DM at Women of Illustration. So, Tell me about this job that sucks so much for you. <laughs> so my it was my dream job. Um, and my dream job was to work for a top like digital or advertising company or agency where I get to work on these like huge projects with super cool clients. Because um, I studied graphic design in college and it seemed like the collective goal of everyone. And I kind of took that on as my dream as well. Like you know, Mm. cool clients and you get to do different things every day. But you know what, like I did a lot of internships and I worked hard to get to this point. Um, And I worked as a senior designer um, in the Asia Pacific headquarters um, at one of the best like top global PR agencies in the world slash digital. Um, So it was really the dream. I got to work with clients like TikTok and Johnson and Johnson, um, you know, pitch directly to them launch like uh new products or apps and um and honestly I did it because I wanted a good portfolio because that's what I was taught like oh if you want to be a good designer you have to Mm -hmm. have like the portfolio is everything you know yeah the name dropping helps exactly like I was like I want a good resume and I want a good portfolio um so that's you know what I was doing and you know it was great when I started (laughs) When was the the realization point like, oh, I, this was my dream job, but now it's my new hell? I think it was really slow. Um, so I only worked there for a year and a half, which I'm actually really happy about because I'm glad I didn't waste time before realizing that this wasn't it, right? Um, but there was a tipping point where I realized like um, there isn't enough 
personal growth for me. Um, it was like, I think with corporate companies, your artistic or your personal growth is capped at the business requirements or the business needs, right? So mm-hmm. um, tech, from a technical standpoint, I learned how to graphic, how to do graphic design and how to animate, and I could keep improving in that way, but I wasn't really growing as an artist, and that became really depressing because um, creating art is kind of my north star so to not have that every day I started to become really unhappy um Mm -hmm. and when I checked in with my mental health I realized like okay this you know might have been my dream or what I thought was my dream but this isn't it you know I I can't be this unhappy here you know yeah I mean I I definitely give you uh props a lot of people they don't check in with themselves like Mm -hmm. I think, and I've heard this story so many different times from especially people who come from a graphic design background going into illustration. Um, like, hey, I thought that this was right for me. I thought this was the goal. This is what my parents told me to do. This is the call. This is what my teachers told me to do. And I'm doing it and I hate it. And a lot of them think that it's them and not their job. They yeah. think, oh, I'm just not doing a good enough job. I'm just not cut out for this. I'm not talented enough. I'm not skilled enough. But it's like, no, it's not. It's none of those things. Like, you can be good at a job that you hate. Um, yeah. But it's so much more meaningful and powerful and you should be fueled from the, the work that you do, especially in the creative field, not drained from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that just being like, okay, under the year, out. Like, I can't do this anymore. I need to make a change. But I'm glad that you experienced it because I'm sure, was there any positive experience from working for that dream job from hell? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was a huge confidence booster, right? Because I was really average in college or like even in high mm-hmm. school. I was like... I was really like middle of the pack, you know, like, okay, I wasn't like the worst person there. And but I wasn't the best. I had some like some good ideas sometimes kind of thing. Um, But, you know, for people to believe in me, especially clients, like, I remember I had to hold a workshop for Johnson and Johnson. And I was like, I don't know why these people are trusting me. Like, I Mm. don't know. But I went in there and I kind of sold it. And they really liked me. Um, Same thing happened with TikTok. And I was like, okay, wow, like, people can trust me, then I need to have um, confidence in myself. I think that's something I really struggle with. So to get to that point where, you know, I was like, okay, you know what, I am good at what I do. But it's okay to still leave that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think, Um, leaving that soon was difficult as a decision as well because um, usually when you get to a top job, people are like, oh, well, you can't just leave in a year. You have to have like three years on your resume or, you know, and you can kind of get sucked into the benefits and the name and all of that. And I just didn't want to get stuck, basically. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So like, how did you prepare to leave your day job? Yeah, so... It was a really long process and I think, you know, that's why I started to, you know, um, ask you for coaching as well because I wanted to make sure I do it right. Um, But I tried to summarize it into steps for anyone who um, is thinking about it. So I think the first thing is I tried to evaluate what I do enjoy um, within my job and um, on the side I was illustrating. So what is it that I'm not getting in my current job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the main point there that was that with my illustrations, I could talk about what mattered to me and only about those things. Um, and that's when it felt more real and truthful to myself. And I wanted to see how I could do it more full time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of, you know, okay, this is what I like and this is what I'm missing. That's uh, was the first I step. A, I think that's a good way to think about it. Like not just what do I want, but what do I not want? Yeah, I think um, I did a lot of internships. Some were really whack, um, but they- <laughs> I heard someone say whack in so long. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I know. We're bringing it back. No, I like it. But yeah, like I had insane bosses like in these internships and I had to take on a lot of like unpaid internships in America because of my um, like international student visa. You can't really get paid more than twice. Some rules. But anyways, I, yeah, it's like I- and I didn't know anything about, like, valuing my art back then. So I took on really crazy jobs. Like, one of them was with a fashion designer because, obviously, I thought I wanted to, you know, go into fashion. I think everyone has that phase. Um, and and I worked for this fashion designer. Um, on her website, she says she dressed Paris Sultan in 2003. And it was 2015. And I didn't you know, I didn't, there was no red flag. I didn't realize that that was a red flag. Um, But basically I was supposed to be her social media intern. And she basically had me buying followers every day because you couldn't automate back then. So my job every day at 10 a.m. was to post um, and then buy followers and then comment using those followers. Um, And a month in I realized like okay this is a huge red flag this is something I never want to do and that's an important lesson um you know I need a morally right boss (laughs) you know um so all of these internships I figured out what I do like and I've been I think developing art is the easy part but figuring out what you really can't sit with is important so I've been taking those lessons. Okay, I want like someone who's morally right, someone who can afford me, um, all of those things. So I think even my most recent job, um, there were things that, you know, I'm, I'm just not okay with working for some companies that don't have the right, same morals as me, right? Um, mm-hmm. And also a huge thing that I couldn't just sit with is the fact that um, some corporate companies, I think in Asia as well, uh, don't really support mental health. Um, the medical insurance doesn't cover therapy. Um, they don't talk about it much. There's a stigma. Uh, and a lot of, like, I really take care of my mental health because I've been depressed before. And when I started this job, I was in a really good place. But I think with any agency, you have to work ridiculous hours. And as a result, your mental health takes a toll. Um, so I realized, okay, this it was definitely because of the job, but they didn't really... Uh, have any resources so I Mm -hmm. that's something I just can't you know deal with yeah especially if it's something that you you foresee you're going to need more help with in the future yeah you're going to find a company you need to obviously find a company that can help facilitate that yeah that makes total sense um where are you from originally um so I was born in India but I grew up in Korea for a few years and then mostly Hong Kong um and then I grew up traveling a lot for my dad's business, and then I went to university in USC in LA. Um, so I was working there, worked a little bit in New York, and then moved back to Hong Kong. Damn. 
yeah jumping oceans just like i don't uh, i don't really uh. have a home um so i always like try to question myself okay if there was like a war which country would i fight for i don't know i don't that's a bold like i was like are you gonna tell us right now in this podcast (laughs) no (laughs) i was like don't (laughs) i'm just like i don't belong anywhere but i belong everywhere kind of thing there's like Mm -hmm. uh it's like called third cultured kid kind of thing um Mm -hmm. i'm just like I have Chinese values. I have Indian values. Um, I grew up on American pop culture, but I don't fully relate. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just a mix. (laughs) That's so interesting. Especially since, like, you just sound like you're from L.A. Like, you just sound like you just grew up in California. (laughs) I went to um, summer school there. I would, like, hang out there every summer. Um, Really? That's so... I've, I've been on a few road trips. Uh, that's it. That's really in a car. And like not fun road trips, not the kind of road trips where you're like, oh, let's go see the biggest ball of yarn and let's go eat at these crazy restaurants that say they have the number one be- world's best tacos. It's just like straight line. How can we get there faster? Should we drive to the night? Okay, we'll stay at a hotel. It's like never in the adventure I think it's going to be. So yeah, that's that's cool that you've actually like had all these really cool experiences and, and especially like all the different kinds of cultural influences I think is really awesome in your work. I think it shows through. Mm -hmm. Still trying to unpack what my identity is, but that's where it's coming out of my art. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. I I feel like we'll never fully figure out who we are and what our identity, like quote unquote identity is until we're like too old to care anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think art helps though. Um, No, for sure. It's therapy. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Um, Okay, so let's let's go backwards a bit. So, like, tell me, because you've mentioned a lot about mental health, mm-hmm. which is a very important part in my own work as well. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, like, your style of illustration and the kind of work that you make. Yeah, so um, actually I started uh, painting before illustrating or graphic design. And as a kid, I dealt with um, losing someone I really loved, my grandmother, who I was closer to than my mom. So I started uh painting grief and um depression and all those identity um problems that I was going with and it was really really dark uh images and I was drawn to how people reacted I would get comments like oh but you're you know you're a young girl you should be painting like cute things you know or (laughs) you know don't 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 paint those things like no one wants those in their house that Mm -hmm. kind of thing but it kind of fueled it for me I was like wait you know I want to make you uncomfortable so that's kind of where you know I started to explore like um how do I visualize suicide how do I visualize bipolar um you know just studying about it that's where um I was really curious and then um I wanted to pursue that more seriously and then so that's why I went to study in college um I I chose graphic design just because it paid better, but I did, I did like paint on the side. Um, And the reason I switched over to illustration is because when I had a full-time job, I can't sit down and do like six hour paintings of a girl in a bathtub, like, you know, depressed pretty much. Right. So um, yeah, I started illustrating basically women, um, you know, going through different kinds of mental illness and, uh, what I realized is by illustrating these, it was kind of a catharsis for me 
um, I was able to let go of all the things because I was able to visualize it and accept it. And it became more about uh, the pursuit of happiness as well. So my artwork kind of switches from really cute, happy things on the days that I'm happy to some of the more like shitty feelings. Like today, I really like I can't get out of my bed. Like that's, you know, it's not a serious problem like depression. It is a symptom, but it still sucks. And that's kind of, Mm -hmm. I just want to keep it real. And I'm not saying, you know, follow me because I'm always going to have happy content. I'm going to make your day. Um, But, you know, I can be real. I'll just tell you how I'm feeling. And that that's kind of what I use my art for. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And I also realized as you were talking that we only got to step one of how to prepare to leave your <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Going back to but, it. <laughs> I was like, oh, everyone's like, everyone's like, okay, we're going to do a step-by-step plan. I like this. I like this. And then tangent. Um, <laughs> all okay. right. So, okay. We made, not essentially, which I don't like the name like pro-con list, but like what do I not want mm-hmm. anymore in my job and what will fulfill me the most? Okay. Yeah. So what, what was step two? So step two is... Um, I don't think it's going to be the same for everyone, but for me, I was um, sharing my progress on Instagram and I was getting feedback on it. Like people were commenting and I was trying to understand what my art looks in the real world, like what my art looks like in the real world. And um, I wanted to see if some, if it's, you know, something real, something that's valuable um, that people will resonate with. So the next step was to focus on marketing and growth right? Because that's a good insight to see if your art has a point. Um, And how are you doing that? So I started to, I reached out to a mentor, which is you. Oh, I didn't mean, I wasn't trying to be like, and how did you, did you come to give me that? Actually, like, like, because the act, like, so people know. (laughs) Actually, because like, um, I think a lot of graphic designers struggle with like marketing, right? And talking about your art and figuring out what your voice is. Um, And I actually started even before the coaching, I started doing the Women of Illustration um, uh, Fridays, like the prompts. The prompts, yeah, yeah the prompts. Um, before I knew what what, it, what was going on, because I was just following the page, I didn't know there's like a person behind it. I was, I thought it was a team, but I kind of just started doing it for my own. Like, okay, I want to draw women, and these are cute prompts that totally align with me. So that's kind of how I started developing more content. And then I looked into uh, Women of Illustration. I, I started listening to the podcasts. And then I one of the co- podcasts, I think you mentioned that you have coaching. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I need help. Um, so I really think, you know, it was the best investment I made at that point. Um, I didn't already decide that I wanted to quit, but I knew this is something I wanted to develop. And I could have honestly, like some people say like, oh, you don't really, you can do it yourself. And I could have done it myself, but it would have taken a lot longer and I would have had to make a lot more mistakes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can learn from all your insight, which I did. And we niche down, we kind of figured out what type of audience I want to gain. Um, what do I want to do within illustration? What's working? So that really helped my growth. Um, so since I started coaching with you, um, every month it's, I've been like, um, growing and actually more than growing more than the followers, I started getting requests for commissions, um, legitimate ones. So that was a more of an indicator than followers. Nice. Yeah. Well, I was, me- well, thank you for the, those <laughs> the nice compliments. That's not what I was, uh, I was looking for. Uh, it was more of like, so you're going through your step-by-step checklist, like mm-hmm. first figure out what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Second was 
uh, figure out your messaging, what you like to draw to put yourself out there to pivot from more of an advertising graph design role to illustration. And then the third was analyze your marketing. And so when I was asking the question of like, oh, how do you do that? Um, Do you mean like you're looking at your your analytics and figuring out what your audience wants more of? Is that an actionable step that people can take? Yes, um, definitely, you know, uh, also what kind of clients you're getting. Like if you do start getting commissions, start, like Mm -hmm. I was only getting like once a month one, right? So I was still like writing down, okay, where did you find me? Um, You know, why? Why are you interested in me? Um, What do you like? Um, And then engaging with everyone, every single person who DM me, I would reply back and be like, what do you like about me? How can I help? So a lot of... um, the people who follow me aren't necessarily people who would hire me, but they're interested in my art because they want to do something similar. And, mm-hmm. you know, so growing like that way with people around me, I became friends with other illustrators like Gina. I talked to her a lot. Um, Gina McMillan. Yeah, <laughs> I love her. Um, so, yeah, things like that, you know, growing a community, mm-hmm. um, focus, uh, focusing on actual like actionable things. So niching down as well um what do you want to focus on you can't be all over the page and even illustration style so I was really narrowing down on okay do I like to outline things or not outline things um do I want to use a specific brush um branding right branding your illustrations a watermarking things um very specific and then also if I got reposted I would reach out to them and be like thank you um you know why did you repost me really like writing down everything what was Mm -hmm. working what wasn't working I think that's something that a lot of artists feel uncomfortable doing and 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 you've mentioned it in a couple different ways one it's just for everyone listening it is 100% not weird (laughs) when your client reaches out to you our potential client wanting to get a price from you for you to be like, why do you want to work with me specifically? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really powerful question because A, you want to see what marketing channels are working. If you heard from me on Instagram, it means I'm doing something right on Instagram. Or sometimes it's word of mouth and who who is this amazing person? Because sometimes I'll reach out, I'll give them like a sales commission for talking about me. Or if it's like some news article that I didn't even know I was in or something like that, because mm-hmm. it can figure out, okay, this is what's working. This is what I need to do more of what works. And I think a lot of um, illustrators and artists, they'll maybe feel comfortable doing that. But also you have to think of it from the psychology standpoint of like you having a form on your site. And the first question is, why do you want to work with me specifically? Because mm-hmm. then that person has to think of a reason. Like I'm not just reaching out to you because I'm looking for the best price, which is not the best situation to be a part of and will happen naturally as people are looking for other artists. But like price isn't necessarily the most important factor when hiring somebody. It's like who is going to alleviate the least amount of risk hiring, who is going to be able to actually give me what I need so I can make money off of it, because that's usually the whole point behind client work. But more importantly, what you mentioned is when you're reaching out to your followers and asking them, like, why did you repost this? Mm -hmm. What do you like about me? And some people might think that seems like um, I can I can tell some people might feel rubbed the wrong way by that question. Mm -hmm. And I heard that in a podcast somewhere or I because I get coaching myself, too, or like my mentor said that. And I didn't, and I did it. I like asked my followers, this was like year, like a year ago or something, why do you like me? And I got some really surprising answers that I was not aware of. Like there were things that people liked about me that I just wasn't doing enough. Yeah. Like, like, oh, we like when you talk in your stories about like what a piece means. I was like, oh, I haven't done that in like two months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, maybe I should do more of that. <laughs> like, thank you so much for the feedback. <laughs> exactly. Like I, 
you know, I was always really scared to share my like um, illustration process or, you know, step by step and help other people because I was like, I I don't know what I'm doing. Like, how could I teach you? Right. But Mm -hmm. people are, um, you know, and then people kept asking me like, hey, can you share more about how you draw? And I was like, you can look on Skillshare. There's some really good, you know, uh, I I use Skillshare as well and they're like no but I want to draw within your style so how do you do it and I was really scared at first but um you know it's going to help people and that's why they're engaging with you because like at least with me they liked my style um so it's really important to listen to the people who actually follow you Mm -hmm. yeah and uh one thing I don't think I've ever done is when when, like let's say a bigger account has reposted my work Mm -hmm. I've never been like oh why did you uh, hair flip why did you uh feature me you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah. um because a I feel like uh big accounts probably get bombarded a lot they won't have time for my message um and that's something that I'm working on my own because I've gotten to a certain point where I just get more dms than I'm able to reply to and I'm realizing that sometimes when I do reply I, I come off very short and rude mm-hmm. and I'm like oh no that's not what I want I want people to think I'm an asshole yeah like I'm just it's just you're one of literally 200 people that dm me within yeah. 12 hours so it's just like and the fact that I, so it's a whole thing and I'm realizing fuck I need to fucking get better at that because that's not their fault um yeah. and so I'm like I'll just hire people to help me with other stuff so I can have more time to interact with my own community so it's like I'm glad people gave me those notes in the past week or so. So it's like, I do think that would be, that's a really good question because not only is it, they might give you a really valuable critique mm-hmm. instead of just being like, oh, I just like your work. It's I like your work because. Yeah. Like I like this particular, st- usually for me, like when I'm reposting content on women of illustration, mm-hmm. I actually really don't care how well done the artwork is. I do not care. I'm really thinking in terms of what is the message behind this piece? And don't get me wrong. There's some time where there's just like a sick portrait. I'm like, this is just goddamn beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. Like what it just looks juicy and you want to like lick, lick it, put on a stamp. I don't understand. Like I just want to own it. It's so mm-hmm. pretty. Um, but then sometimes it could be like literal doodle stick figure situation, but it just says something that just like made me stop mm-hmm. when I was scrolling, looking through the hashtag. And that's usually what I care about. Um, so if you guys are, you know, like, why am I not getting featured in women of illustration? It's because there's not enough meaning in your work. I want a message. And that's why you'll n- normally notice that the majority of pieces on women of ill have lettering in them. Not because I'm favoring lettering artists, it's just because it has more of a holy shit gut reaction kind of to it. So I think that's really, really powerful. What's some of the feedback that you've gotten from asking people aside from like, hey, I want to learn how to draw in your style? Um, so they've asked me like, um, how did you become an illustrator? Which is a heavy question. (laughs) I have no (laughs) idea what I'm doing. Um, and (laughs) yeah. And what else have I gotten? It's mostly been like, um, do you have, I get some people like really demanding, like, where can I learn? And I was like, oh, well, I have some like videos on TikTok and they're like, but do you have anything more serious? And I'm like, no, but I can make some, you know, make some step by step. Oh my God. Tone <laughs> is so hard in DM. Yeah. Especially when you're, I find that the people I think are the most rude. I look into their accounts. I'm like, oh, English is not your first language. I, I just, I just, so you just read it as rude. And you're yeah. like, no, you're just, you're just trying your best trying to communicate with me. Like I'm such a dick. Um, yeah. And also like, I've, I've gotten to the point where like, I have to add some sort of heart emoji or like positive emoji to every post I make or else it just sounds like I'm like it just sounds mean oh same I, think I, use, l- I use so many <laughs> so I'm assuming like I'm not the only person in the world with that problem um 
and that other people do too because especially like i misspell the most on my phone i'm not writing i don't have full spell check i don't know how to fully spell words i'm a lettering artist don't know how to spell not even a little bit i can't tell you how many times i've used the wrong your in a <laughs> in a piece of someone and then everyone's like you spelled it wrong and then i'm like thanks for the, all the comments <laughs> no yeah um, i'm the same and i have chubby fingers so like i have to like <laughs> use later otherwise like everything i text is like completely misspelled just like my fingers are too fat <laughs> it's a problem i just <laughs> i feel like because i never actually like because digital lettering is different i'm it's more drawing i'm not really writing things but when i read grocery lists mm-hmm. rick just looks at it confused just like it's you you're gonna have to read this to me it's disgusting <laughs> no one knows what the fuck i'm trying to say so i can't imagine it's any better to be a text but no i think that's really cool and and uh i mean bigger businesses definitely go about getting feedback the wrong way like hey leave us a review yeah like in a newsletter or something you're like uh delete spam like that's not the best approach but i feel like if it's coming from an individual mm-hmm. um especially like hey this is my face on my profile picture this is my art it's just me i'm not a big business i think people are much more inclined to to want to help you yes yeah be- um and i think the best example i've done of this is i actually was having a lot of hard i was having a really hard time figuring out what kind of content to put in my newsletter. I was like a little bit all over the place. I was worried that I was just regurgitating Instagram content and I was like bothering people too much because your expectation for the amount of content that goes into your Instagram or into your social media channel is very different from a newsletter. Mm -hmm. A newsletter can reach out to you too often. Um, But I'm the kind of person, I just have a lot of shit going on. Like I got workbooks, I got patrons, I got, you know, new procs coming out. I got Women of Illustration podcast. Like there's all these different things. So I feel like I have to promote all this stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to bribe fucking people. I'm going to be like, hey, you're going to get this discount code if you just fill this out. And it was like the thank you message once you hit send. And I got such good feedback. I was like, holy shit, this is nice. Like, I, you just tell me what you want. What a revelation. Like, hey, artist, not sure what kind of content to make? Ask people. Yeah. Hey, artist, you don't know what to put in your newsletter? Ask people. You're not sure what kind of products to make? Ask people. It just seems like such a basic, no shit fucking Yeah. And idea. stories I as think, well. Especially in something as, as passive as a story. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that's what the fucking poll and stickers and shit are for. Like, Instagram wants you to use that. Um, and now that, and, and it was crazy that I was getting the same feedback over and over again. Everyone was just like, oh, I just want a weekly roundup, weekly roundup of everything you've made. Cause I know you promote a lot of stuff, but I don't want to hear about it constantly, but just give me an update. So I get to know what's up, what's new with you. I was like, oh, I can do that. I never, I never thought to do that in a newsletter. That makes total fucking sense. And I, since I just go new products, new posts, and then you get it all in one, one little, one little yummy, yummy email. Yeah, I, so think, I think that's I think it's cool. I think like, you know, when you have like real fans that actually do want to know what's going on, but sometimes it gets missed. Like those are so good because like I can't keep up like it just doesn't show up in my feed. Right. But then I get it in my email mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, no way. There's like, you know, I, I'm actually interested. Right. And yeah. that's such a good way to connect. Yeah. But yeah, and that's all we're trying to do. It's like mm-hmm. we're, we're not mind readers. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what do you want? Just tell me, just tell me what you want. and I'll do it. Um, I think that's a that's a good perspective, especially if you're completely unfamiliar in how to connect with people in the first place or how to build an audience. I think that's great. Were there any other steps in your kind of like checklist on how you prepare to leave your day job yes. that we haven't gone over okay. yet? So okay. the next one is um, I figured out my finances, which is really mm. important. Um, when I started getting commissions, um, 
you know, I started taking it seriously when it was more than half of my shitty salary. Um, (laughs) Then I realized, okay, like now I can think about quitting. So I figured out how much I saved and how much of those savings I was willing to invest in myself. So in my case, it was, um, I was, I was happy to invest half. um, And I want to say invest instead of like burn through because I don't, think anything is going to be like worse for your personal growth right so Mm -hmm. I calculated that I could last up to 12 months if I spent very generously like I did on my salary but I wasn't going to spend that generously so the next step is um you know to switch my mindset and my lifestyle so I stopped like Hong Kong has a really good like nightlife vibe so I stopped like clubbing and even drinking and I let my close friends and my family know like my priorities have changed um so I'm not going to be able to like go to dinners and everything I want to save money and um you know I'm also really privileged that I stay with my family and they can financially support me but I choose not to take money um but I I did tell them that this you know next 12 months I'm gonna be really up and down emotionally because I'm not gonna be getting paid every month um so I need their emotional support and for any medical emergencies I'm probably gonna need their help Mm. um so I really like changed my lifestyle before I even decided like I'm gonna quit um setting boundaries I like it yeah really I'm I'm like I'm kind of like in awe of that mo I'm like, oh my I did not do well, that. also like <laughs> when I first quit my day job. There was one where, you know, we talked about it too because I was feeling really like overwhelmed and like, you know, with the whole COVID situation and, you know, how am I gonna do this freelance? It's a whole lifestyle change, right? I'm not gonna go to work every day. How do I stay healthy? Like you were literally giving me so many good tips like, um, you know, keep nuts at your desk, you know, do exercises, like reward yourself you know, not with unhealthy ways, like those kinds of things there. Those are things you have to prepare, I think, before you quit, right? Like Mm -hmm. it has to be a mindset change. And then um, I figured out how long I can stay in the job without ruining my mental health, which was uh, three to four months. Because once you realize, okay, this isn't for you, it's really hard to stay in the job, right? Because you just Mm -hmm. know, um, I I don't want to be here. So I told myself like okay I'm gonna stay for three months and within these three months I'm going to make the most of what is provided to me within this job so I started engaging with clients more I um, reached out to other um, colleagues who were in uh, other departments like public relations or um, they were in influencer marketing so I was like hey I want to be an influencer how many followers do I need for uh, you know like how many followers do you how many followers do your influencers have um, that you use for like KOLs and everything? And they were like, oh, you need at least like 10K. And, you know, this is how we engage with them. So those are things that I wouldn't have learned by myself. So just using your resources the best you can. And I had one of my colleagues did um, media training. So I I asked her, like, how do you talk about yourself? How do you pitch to journalists? Um, So just, you know, or even how how they invoice their clients, how they pitch to the clients. Those are things I wasn't really learning before, but I was like, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity and learn different things so I can use it Mm -hmm. to myself. And yeah, so that was, uh, once I did that, then I finally gave my two month notice period. And during that time I built a website I solidified my business processes, so like contracts, invoices. Um, I did trial runs with friends and friends of friends who needed like um, 
you know, needed small design stuff and I did business registrations. So and now I, I'm finally like those two months are up and I'm feeling kind of prepared. <laughs> have you actually, are you done yet? Or are you still there? So I have one day by the time oh I think. Oh my God, really? Yeah, <laughs> I have, I have Monday and. Jeez, man, <laughs> we've recorded this perfectly. Yeah. Fuck. And okay. so I have, okay. uh, I'm almost done with my website so that, you know, my next step is uh, to figure out a launch strategy. So I want, I don't want it to just be like, hey guys, I'm freelancing now. Like I want to announce it well. I want to do, you know, I want to do a proper website launch and I, it's not just for uh, people to hire me, but it's also for, uh, I want to have a blog part of it where people actually mm-hmm. want to go on it and like learn stuff, um, mm-hmm. or read more about my life because I think a lot of people aren't going to hire me. They're just people who like my art. So I want it to be a place for them as well. Yeah, for sure. And also, like, the people who aren't going to hire you, they know a person who knows a person who wants to hire you. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's so important for every artist who does decide to go freelance or quit their job or any – announce everything. Talk Mm -hmm. about everything. You got a new product, talk about it. You got a new website, talk about it. You quit your job, talk about it. Because no one's going to be like – like <laughs> reaching out to you personally be like oh what's the news like yeah. what's the what's what's happening with you like you have to let people know what's going on and I remember when I first did my so long ago now like when I made that announcement I got actually a bunch of inquiries for work wow. from people who were like going out of their way and, and I had I don't know I think the same amount of followers that you had like 5,000 something mm-hmm. like that and people were going out of their way to try to help me because they wanted to support me in some way or not. And honestly, just asking people something as simple as, hey, please share this post that I made celebrating going full-time freelance to your stories and then share a couple of my favorite pieces that I've made. Mm-hmm. And then just tell people, hey, if you're looking for an illustrator, I highly recommend Dina. And then that actually worked out really well. And I didn't get like a crazy amount of shares because I didn't have a you know great engagement rate or a huge following, mm-hmm. but I didn't need to. Right. It was like the quality of followers, not the quantity. Yeah. And a lot of like, um, you know, a lot of the followers that, you know, I've made connections with, we were just like friends. But after like, you know, a few months of like talking back and forth, they actually do have a job for me or they know someone else. So don't think like, you know, people aren't useful if they aren't, you know, giving you a job right away. Treat everyone, you know, as friends. Yeah, be nice to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> kind, kindness it. always helps. Yeah, there's there's never a time like you were you were too kind. Like no one's ever fucking no, just don't do that. Yeah. It'll be a pushover, but there's a, there's a happy in between place. Um, man, it really sounds like you have like your shit together. I'm gonna be honest That's with you. That's what like, I sound like. <laughs> I mean, emotionally, like, mentally, I have like you know some days I'm like oh my god I just I just quit my job like I don't know what I'm doing you know like mm-hmm. yeah my family deals with my anxiety a lot they're like. They're sick of it. <laughs> but. Well, that sounds like a very supportive family. When I talk about when I talk to my family about my anxiety, they're like, "That's just in your head." I'm like, "Yeah, that's how it works." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they I don't, mean, I've had they to don't educate. understand. <laughs> I like, educate like, them a just lot. Take some pills. I'm like, "Oh God." I'm like, oh, "Okay, not, a, not not the best support system." So that's amazing that you have that to be able to lean on. That's that's really special. Um, okay, so tell me the plan. Tell me the launch plan. What's the launch plan? So right now I am figuring out my website. Um, There's going to be a blog on it and I am just going to start off the blog with three main articles. One, um, again, to 
talk about why I quit my job and I've asked my followers like what they want help with so I'm gonna pick two topics out of you know whatever they mention and um, there'll be more about like uh, how you can pick up illustration really quick or without having a background or um, yeah, something along those lines. and it's Educational content for illustrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then okay. I'm also going to have content um, about case studies. So how I've helped people. Um, for example, I did a uh, t-shirt design. So talking about, okay, what was just case studies, but really like uh, digestible content, like carousel content. So it's like easily shared and then also links back to the website. So my strategy is going to change a little bit because I want like until now I've just been focusing on followers, but now I want to drive traffic to my website. So I'm going to be um, linking my website a lot more talking about um, the website. Right. And then um, I also want to start having a newsletter for the people who are Mm -hmm. interested. So it's not just one time you go to the website and that's it. Like I want to keep those people who are interested um, and then have them sign up. And then kind of what you were mentioning, uh, people miss a lot of the content. So doing like weekly Mm -hmm. or maybe bi-weekly, here's what I did in the last two weeks. Here's a new uh, client project that I did. um, And this is how I helped somebody with their social media content or their YouTube banner. I've been getting a lot of YouTube banner designs but it's cool um yeah and what's interesting about that is like i think a perspective that a lot of people don't consider is like why would i talk about educational content for illustrators if i'm not trying to attract an illustrator-based audience and there's one word for you Mm -hmm. seo yeah so with when i first started my website and i mentioned this in the previous episode like i got ranked in the first first result, the first page of Google for hand lettering artists in Portland, Oregon. And that's because I created a lot of consistent blog content mm-hmm. talking about hand lettering. And then my and then you, like you can choose what the name of your website is and that was the name. Like I never think the name of your entire site should just be your name or your handle. It, there should be additional keywords not stuffed but like give me an idea of what I'm going to be able to find here. And now I think it says like shirt designer in Michigan. Um but anyways, like, so it does actually serve you. So how are clients finding you? They're typing keywords into Google. Mm-hmm. So the more content you create, they're going to step, they're going to, you know, stumble on that article and then go to your portfolio and then just discover to you. So they might not go to your content because they're a fellow illustrator le- learning how to do it. They're a client that is interested in how to do illustration. And maybe they're a cheap client that's like, maybe I can just learn how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they see how difficult it is. Like, oh, I'll just hire you to do it instead. And that's a really good marketing tactic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually had someone who was like that where um, they were like, oh, uh, you know, I've dabbled in After Effects a little bit, so I can animate. Can you just do the illustrations? <laughs> I said, sure. Um, and there was basically 11 illustrations, and then um, he wanted to animate them himself, and he wanted me to do, like, one or two animations. So I did the two animations. I animated, like, two of the 11 and he loved it and he realized okay this isn't something i can do by myself and then i <laughs> ended up animating all of them yeah so boy. that's kind of how it goes you know no it's it totally makes sense i think i heard um oh my god retro supply co mm-hmm. they had like a, a blog post or no like a youtube video on like how they made 
like, oh, how to make your own custom texture or something like that. And then they're like, oh, you can just buy this brush set. <laughs> and then, of course, people are like, I'm just going to buy the fucking brush set. Like, why would I do take all this? Even though you showed me how to do the thing, I came here for the thing. But you just have a resource for me instead. Like, why? So it works for products, yeah. not just getting client work. So it actually makes a lot of sense. And I also think that's, you know, the psychology that goes into showcasing your process as an illustrator. If you make your work look hard to do... Mm-hmm people are going to think you're more expensive. If you make your artwork look easy to do, they're going to think it's less expensive. Even though I think it did neither or, because uh, it probably took you years to make it look that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should still be paid appropriately for your time. Yeah. It's just, it's just it comes from the consumer. And that's why I'm just like, I'm against time lapses. Yeah, I totally I think, I think it. I think it makes your work look uh, look too easy to do. I like the the 10 second whatever is the most satisfying part of like adding the little whites and highlights in the eyes or like doing texture in the hair. So people see like, wow, it took you that long to do four strands of hair? Yeah, yeah dude. And, and also more about <laughs> the uh, creative ideation and brainstorm part because like, okay, so I just did a post yesterday and I was like, how long do you guys think like this illustration took me? And a lot of people were like three hours, four hours. And I'm like, okay, well, it was actually 4.5, but there was a day in between because I, you know, I sketch first and then I stop. I like take a huge break and then I come back to it. I edit it and then illustrate it. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's, that still counts. And like, that's part of it. And that's kind of my creative process. And people need to talk more about the creative process, like stepping away, um, constantly making sure you're going to art galleries or watching movies or whatever you do to get inspiration Yeah, you have to absorb you can't just give 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 all the time yeah and that's part of your you know expenses or whatever like you know in a company you have um training costs like training your employees and all of that it's the same thing like i still have to charge for that even if like execution time is only four hours like ideation time still matters and that's 100%. that's your value right like i think mm-hmm. there's a huge difference um you know, one thing I did want to talk about is uh, in Hong Kong, design isn't as valued as it is in the um, Western world um, because there just isn't enough knowledge about it, and um, they don't know they don't know what we do, and there isn't even in a community like back in America. I was going to like Adobe Max, which was amazing, um, and. I was going to like creative conferences. There's AIGA. There's like not really anything that's active here. Um, So there isn't even much opportunities. That's so surprising. I know. It really sucks. Hong Kong is a huge place. There's so many people that live there. I feel so lonely, but yeah. Oh no. But yeah. um, And because of that, I completely forgot what I was saying, (laughs) but. (laughs) That's okay. um, (laughs) Welcome to talking for over 30 minutes. But Um, yeah, sorry. Where was I? No, it's okay. No, like, like there just isn't enough resources and stuff. And you're like, oh, one thing I want to talk about is that Hong Kong doesn't have, oh, they don't value art the same way they do in the States. Yeah. And that that can just be really disheartening. And that's also um, one of the reasons I switched to illustration is because I think I can kind of uh I feel like I'm always in an advocacy position where I'm trying to like prove to people like hey guys like there's illustrations (laughs) out here and we can do this and even when I was in my company I took on the role of like training um employees on what design is and how you can sell it to your clients um Mm -hmm. so that I could 
in return make cooler stuff if they sold those things that i wanted to work on then i could do that cool stuff um Mm -hmm. but yeah just trying to educate people on what the creative process is and why you should value us you know yeah totally and i think for a long time for i mean i'm assuming this is how it is for a lot of illustrators i didn't know what was valuable about me i had a really hard time communicating why you should hire me and that's why so many artists websites are just like basic bitch squarespace sites with just a gallery of images and like a paragraph about how much you like pugs and coffee on your about page like Mm -hmm. you have to sell me why should i hire you if you don't know the answer to that question you need to think about the answer to that question Like, there's nothing more embarrassing than, especially when you're, like, in a networking event or something, and you're around people who aren't fellow artists, Mm -hmm. and they're like, what do you do? And you say you're an artist or a designer. They don't know what the fuck that means. Like, you say a designer, am I an interior designer? Am I a fashion designer? Like, am I, do I I design cars? Like, they don't, like, that word doesn't mean as much as you think it does. Yeah. So you have to kind of, and my, my thing, my test is, like, explain it to your mom. And if your mom gets what you do, then that's a really good explanation just because my mom or your grandmother or whoever in your family isn't like social media, like, uh, like (laughs) capable or isn't very web savvy, like then they'll fully understand it. My like, and I can't tell you how long my mom literally had my first business card I ever made that just said like graphic designer on it. And on the back, she wrote like 20 bullet points of things that I did. So she knew a way to describe what I did to her friends. That's so sweet. Like, because she didn't understand. But the thing is, like, my business card should have been the thing without notes, right? Yeah, definitely. And, like, a sentence that described what I do so people could understand it. So that was my problem. I had really bad marketing. So if you don't know what people should be hiring you for or why they should be hiring you, then you're not going to get hired. Yeah. And I think um, my confidence came from having to, like, it's props to this job because I had to, you know, walk in and pitch to these huge people, right? And you can't not be confident you have to come off as confident and then once you are in that position where you're kind of faking it but it's working you realize (laughs) you know you realize okay you can do this and you have to like if you don't believe in yourself like no one will right and um figure out where you bring that uh difference I think for me having um you know, experience working in America and then coming back to Hong Kong, um, that really helped because I've seen how design can be valued and where I can take it here. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's also the reason why I chose to move back because a lot of people were like, uh, you know, you can definitely get paid more in America. Why don't you just stay? But I think it's really exciting to be in a place where there isn't much going on. There's, There's room to grow, I think, and establish an entire mm-hmm. I mean I don't have plans to establish an entire like illustration industry here I'm sure it exists um but you know I think there's just more opportunities when there's I something mean, there. there yeah no 100% like when I moved so I, I live in Menominee Michigan mm-hmm. okay there is one company one very I'm not gonna name names because that's mean <laughs> There's yeah. one graph design company that makes everything for like the for like 200 miles. Wow. <laughs> and it's so bad. Like bevel and like all the, the <laughs> major design 101 mistakes that you see, like gradients everywhere. Everything's silver and like platinum and has that like oh. weird basic bitch platinum texture from Photoshop. Like, but the, you know, they don't that's all that they have here that's all they have so like if that was if someone came to menominee michigan or like a a neighboring area like green bay is far enough 
where there are really good design agencies and stuff there. Mm -hmm. It's about like an hour away from where I am, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, But here, a lot of people are intimidated by city folk here. Mm -hmm. So like they're out of just pure... I don't know, just like, you're different. Um, they won't hire those people. Right. Um, because they're a small business, so they want to hire other small businesses, which makes sense. And, I, and I'm definitely in a similar boat. Yeah. But if someone moved here that had badass fucking, like, design skills and graphic design skills that wanted to help those businesses, they would flourish. Right. They would fucking kill it. I'm not interested in doing that stuff. I don't want to – I don't like building websites. I don't like doing logos and shit. I don't like uh, – that's not me. Yeah. But I, I see it. I'm like, oh, man, someone just – so here, if you want to move to a small town where your <laughs> yeah. literal rent will be, like, $400. Yeah. It's so cheap here. And you want to make a killing, come on over. Like – and I think there's something to be said – for that if that's a market you want to tap into yeah but also like you're going to be working online like you're not only going to work with hong kong clients no, so that's like that's like original reason why i moved back and i was like there are really good agencies but it's it's you know the competition is really high because there's only a few right and everyone wants to work for the ones that actually have money to pay for it um and then even within that like uh just even recruitment it's like people they would hire people who know how to use illustrator but they don't really know like um creative ideation creative strategy um Mm -hmm. and they don't know the difference between the two so that's kind of also what bothered me and i was like okay i'm just gonna step away from all of this and um because of illustration like i get to work with uh clients that are in new zealand america like I don't have to. And also I make more money because I'm getting paid in US dollars. So, yeah. um, you know, go. that's not that. an issue for me anymore. So mm-hmm. that's nice. And hopefully I can sustain myself. Yeah. I don't, how do you do your taxes? Oh, God. How taxes so tax, it's actually like amazing um, because taxes aren't as um, intense as America or the UK. It's really like a great place to start a business. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you just, you haven't even started it. Like, you start tomorrow, and I'm like, what are you, how do you do taxes? I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, it, by saying the taxes aren't as bad here, are you saying, like, the... Like, percentage? I don't know the actual one, okay. but um, usually, like, Hong Kong is where people start their businesses because the tax is so low. Um, yeah. And you don't have to pay if you have properties in, like, other places or anything like that. Because I know, like, if I had an American passport, um, I would have to pay if I had, like... Um, assets in other places or things like that oh, yeah so okay. like you have to pay like global tax so because right, guys yeah. i moved to hong kong yeah <laughs> yeah honestly hong kong is like the place uh to start a business because the taxes mm-hmm. are just so low um mm-hmm. and it's really like friendly to business owners yeah so even if i, I mean, like moved i would still keep my residency yeah that's smart I mean, especially there's so many people when they're when they're young and out of college, they want to travel. Mm-hmm. But then it's like travel, but make money while you travel, like be a nomad, but like be a freelance nomad um, and take advantage of that stuff. Because yeah. I feel like so many people like me included, like I was like, you know, watching girls and sex in the city. Mm-hmm. And I I'd lived in like uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's mm-hmm. where I grew up, which we live in like a small town that wasn't it's called Davy. It's like people ride horses and everything looks like a Western. It's very odd. And people That's are so cool. It's a, I don't it's really hard for me to explain Davy, Florida. Mm-hmm. It's primarily white. And then it's just, uh, lots of race. It's this is the whole thing. Um, 
And then there's Fort Lauderdale and just like the majority of people there are Mm non-white. So just this little white bubble uh, (laughs) surrounded by beautiful fucking color. And it was so confusing. And then me having a last name Rodriguez Mm -hmm. just got fucking bullied like no one's business. Um, But I grew up like, oh, the city, like that's where the diversity is. Like that's where I get to like hear all these different perspectives and get some culture and like that fucking good restaurants and like all this stuff. And then I did that. I lived mm-hmm. in Orlando and I lived in Portland and I was like, it's so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I was t- I never, I never made enough money to enjoy that sex in the city, the fucking lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to a small town and I'm like so much happier now. And like, we, we live in the outskirts of uh, Michigan where like Wisconsin is two blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> type of thing. And like the taxes in Michigan versus Wisconsin are way better. Yeah. So it's like, we were very like, like, you just need to be on the state line, man. Like, you just got to ride it. So do some research if you're down to, like, if you want a freelance life. Mm-hmm. And, like, where would you, where do you want to travel to? Where do you want to explore? What might be a good way for you to get started without it being, like, crazy? Because Portland taxes have fucked me multiple times because I just wanted to move there for, like, oh, it's a creative hub. There's yeah. so many other designers there. I love there. Portland. I've been there it's, once. It's a good I place. It. Yeah. But the fucking tax. <sighs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that's, like, um, I love – the u.s but the taxes are like so high um and immigration is really hard there too so i I mean i would honestly anyone who's listening to this asia is like uh really fun to like be a freelancer in because like everything is so close flights are so cheap after the whole covid thing um you know i i plan to probably do a yoga training course in thailand or bali it's really cheap like you can do it for um, I think two, three thousand. Like you can stay there in a nice villa, get a, like a moped um, for a month. You can freelance, right? You have your laptop. You're in a villa. Usually, it comes with like people who like um, clean up and cook for you as well. It's like, ridiculously cheap, and you know I get teacher training, and then I can come back and teach. You can travel all mm-hmm. of Asia, backpack. It's it's a it's an exciting life. That's what I was planning on doing before the whole COVID thing, but it's all good. <laughs> I'll do it eventually. I remember talking to you when co- like the COVID outbreak. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah, because they like, hit us first, it, right? And I was like, oh my god, it hurt, we need it to hit you eat. first. Yeah. yeah. So just like, and I, I was just like, have you left the house? Like, what is it like? Is toilet paper hard to get? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're we're completely like fine now. We barely have any cases. Everyone's back. Um, it's it's amazing like the government has handled it really well and i think more than the government like the people have been really good like everyone still wears masks even though there's no cases um Mm -hmm. there's like they really follow rules here which is great um yeah so i'm just waiting for everyone else to open up their borders so i can start traveling again yeah i i would like to travel again I've never wanted to travel more ever now that I, I can't. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I, I will never leave the house. And then it's like, oh, I can't leave the house, but now I really want to. Mm. But it's been really good for saving money because, like, I realize, like, Fuck yeah. I don't really need to go outside. I'm so happy by myself at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I've definitely been saving, too. I'm, like, I'm afraid to spend any fucking money. Yeah. I don't want to spend any of it. Like, I'm, like... And like me and Rick wanting to buy a house and stuff, and I'm like, and people are saying that the out like that uh, COVID's gonna get worse in the winter. It's gonna go second okay. wave. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just not gonna spend any fucking money. And I'm just like, it's fine. This will just be like the weird time in my 30s where I'm just not doing anything. <laughs> um, but it's definitely a time to reflect, mm-hmm. especially if you hate your fucking life. Yes. You hate your freaking job. Uh, make a change. Now's the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> you want to do some internet stuff? It's time to do some internet stuff. Take some courses. Yeah. Get a mentor. It doesn't have to be me. It can be anybody. Because um, I don't want this podcast to be like, I'm so cool. You should get coaching from me. Me, me, me. Like, just like, no, just coaching is the, the cheapest way to get the exact kind of content and exact kind of information that you need to succeed. 100%. Everyone should have a coach. I have two. Cheaper, so just cheaper like, than masters. Because I'm, I'm totally like an academic person. Like, oh, if I want to like switch degrees, I need a new masters, you know? But you don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I think coaching is still so much better because you're getting like, it's not like book knowledge. It's experience from a person who's in the industry. Yeah. And if the person knows what they're doing, like they're going to give you homework. They're mm-hmm. going to keep you accountable. It's super important. I, I need it. If I don't have, if I don't have a coach to yell at me. I actually don't get a lot done. Like, I, I know it looks like I got my shit together. I'm just I'm just guessing my way through this shit. And I just happen to be guessing my way through this shit longer than you. That's it. That's all that I have. Same. I get, I get nervous before our coaching sessions because I'm like, shit. Like, did I do everything that, you know, she asked me to do? But then afterwards, I, mean, I feel yeah, yeah. so confident. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely feel good after you talk to me. Not like, oh, Dina hit my lips. I'm depressed. Like, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. um, no, you, you've shown a lot of growth. How long have we been, like, friends? How long have we been talking? I don't... I think... Like, um, six months? Like, four a months? month before COVID or, like, two months. Yeah, I think, I think six months. That's how we measure time now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> so that had to have been in, like, the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was, like, February. Man, so it's like six six month anniversary. So cute. <laughs> so stupid. Um, all right. So through this experience, this bat, this nightmare fucking job, really discovering who you are, taking really responsible steps in the right direction before you quit, like giving two month notice. I don't know anybody who's done that. Um, oh, I had to. Like, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> but still. I don't know anyone. I, yeah. Um, but like, what have you learned about yourself through this whole process? I would say that um, I think it's really important for me to focus on the message that I want to convey through my art. It's not just about the name, uh, the resume, or the portfolio. Um, I'm really, like, my North Star is advocating about mental health, and I that's what I need to be chasing. So if, I don't know if this is right or wrong what I'm doing if this is the right next step but all I know is that I need to be chasing this north star um Mm -hmm. and I need to not judge myself I'm not concerned about the outcome but it sounds so cheesy to say like it's about the journey but it really is like all these um skills are for personal growth that I wouldn't have necessarily gotten in a corporate company um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's really about it's really about like personal growth and taking the time out to do so. Um, and I'm only able to do that because I don't really have any other responsibility. So um, I'm really lucky. So this is the time to really take risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So what's your new dream? So my new dream would be to like sustain myself as a freelancer, uh, creating art about mental health and feminism and not like working for brands like I was doing in an agency, but collaborating with them with my name on it as an artist and push these Mm -hmm. messages further I just want to work with like people who have the same uh motivations I guess and I want my art to be able to translate onto like different mediums so I want to be able to open a shop and um you know I I try to live in like mindfulness 
kind of lifestyle and so I want to be able to promote more yoga and uh, translate my art onto like yoga mats and things like that and you know actually have multiple revenue sources Uh, Mm -hmm. so just basically sustain myself and become more of the artist that I had in mind than a graphic designer way to put it yeah Mm -hmm. Like one of the like sit in there, and I'm like really into like manifestation and all these things lately, especially with all the days of the full moon. Mm-hmm. I feel really powerful. I don't know why. I just feel like I could do anything. Um, or that could be the cup of coffee I just had. I don't know. <laughs> um, where I think there's something really powerful about sitting down, like the, that first step. Like, what do I want? What do I not want? How do I want to get there? What kind of things do I want to sell? What kind of person do I want to be? What kind of art do I want to make? And like really freaking think about it i'm not saying and i I don't mean like do this for months without any action but like take a day take a sunday go to the park with a sketchbook don't even listen to music dude just freaking be in your own head for a while and really figure out what do i want and what do i want to become and then just start doing it just start taking action but a lot of us we just like we see other people and we want to implement them and then we end up like stealing a little bit of this a little bit of that without actually thinking is that something i even want or am i feeling the need that i have to be that person to do that thing to be successful Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So what advice would you give to fellow illustrators and artists on finding your passion uh, that you wish people would have told you? I would say have no expectations when you do start a passion project, right? Um, when you feel like, hey, I, I do like doing something, don't already try to be like, okay, this is where I can jump with this. Okay, I, I want to illustrate, then I'm going to illustrate a book one day. It's just take it one step at a time and constantly keep evaluating what you like and what you can't really tolerate. I would say like that's really important. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you live for. Um, I think in my darkest like uh, stage of depression, I that's when I realized like I can't live for anyone else. I'm not living for anyone else. And the only thing that pulled me out of it is um I knew I had to like create whatever it was like pulled me out of it was just art and it's not going to be that for everyone but um Mm -hmm. you know that's how you kind of find your north north star what do you want to live for uh what makes life feel more meaningful I guess and Mm -hmm. um just be honest with yourself if you're unhappy um don't just quit your job but see how (laughs) you can make the best of what you have currently um, use that opportunity and then calculate before you jump yeah for sure I've, I've actually had a lot of coaching calls with people who you know got laid off because of covid so mm-hmm. they're like well now's the time yeah and I was like yeah I don't I don't I don't think that's the wrong way to get started no. in your journey I definitely think it's still a good idea to have like some sort of part-time maybe internet income that might not necessarily be design or or Mm -hmm. graph design or illustration um just because being not unprepared both financially Mm -hmm. and mentally i think the the mentality of it is something that we really don't think we're always caught up in the money 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 yeah but the fact that you gave yourself like these are my finances this is the rundown this is my expenses hey family i need your support i mean i need help i have to go to the hospital like and laying that all down versus just being like totally freaking out and then having to reach out for help without any sort of planning for your friends and family's part Mm -hmm. and like again no one can read your mind you have to tell people how you're feeling and what you need so that way they can best support you and that includes your followers yeah that includes like everyone who is in your fucking life um but I definitely think having the way that you outlined it, I think is really important. Um, and 
two months like that's not a that's not a bad enough time to kind of get your shit together to be honest i think that's it's perfect some people give themselves a year and i'm like i feel like too that's long. too long yeah i feel like that's way too long yeah um and like what like your pivot was uh when you made 50 percent of what your words shitty <laughs> salary <laughs> yeah uh what you're making at your day job um that's when you felt like for me i, I was a little scared more scared it was 80 percent of what i was making at my day job mm-hmm. um in my freelance work and that's when I was doing mostly design stuff mm-hmm. and but I'm so grateful and I definitely did the same thing I absorbed as many resources from my day job as I possibly could before I left I went to trainings I uh, I got AdWords certified at Google certified I got all the certifications and then I was like bye yeah thanks so much and then uh, like that leads to a lot of my success as an illustrator so early on where I was like, oh, oh sorry. Like, I've never made mistakes, but... I totally forgot. But um, the other thing I did is, um, you know, don't burn your bridge with the current th- job that you have. So I did ask them, you mm. know, to consider switching me to freelance. I was really honest. Like, I'm not leaving because, you know, of some drama or politics or anything. Like, I'm leaving because I want to pursue my dream of illustration. Um, mm-hmm. but I really love working with you guys. And if there's any way I can, uh, continue being a freelancer, come in, um, you know, twice a week, I, I really did negotiate with that too. Cause they were like, fine, you can come in, but come in three days a week. And I was like, no, no, no. Like the priority is illustration. So three days are going to go for that. And I was really strict with my hours. I'm still figuring out the contract. So I hope it works out. Um, but mm. yeah, don't burn that bridge and you never know, right? Like that could continue. That's why yeah. multiple sources of income is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did the same thing. Um, I like before I left, I've been fired from a lot of jobs. I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, but the jobs where I was uh, c- cool and I quit, um, yeah, I actually got a lot of opportunities from them. Uh, when I quit my my last day job I ever had in Portland, mm-hmm. uh, it was actually not only my old boss, but some of the people that my old boss had worked with were some of my first clients. Wow. Yeah. And they were, and it was, and it wasn't weird. Like they weren't like, oh, you're giving that work to Dina. Like no, like we don't know how to do hand lettering. Yeah, people are usually <laughs> like, supportive. That's something that you can do. We, you know, we don't have anyone on staff anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> who can do that. So, like, we'll hire you. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I actually got, like, a really a lot of really cool opportunities just getting started, which I felt completely unprepared for. But I did it anyways, and I learned a lot. So, yeah, I, I think that's definitely don't burn a bridge. Don't try to do, like, a, a YouTube-worthy TikTok exit. Yeah. <laughs> We're just telling everyone to fuck up and showing everyone you're bummed. You want like, to. There's definitely a better way to go about it. I mean, you want yeah. to. Because that sounds so satisfying, and I'm sure you've thought of different mm-hmm. ways to quit your job in your head that just creates so much drama and just insane dopamine yes. <laughs> in your brain. Um, and maybe just don't do that. Just don't do that. Um, our first gut reaction for emotional creatures is usually not. I've, I've totally best. done it at old jobs, but I was like, no, I really love everyone <laughs> here, and I'm sad that, like, this isn't my dream anymore. I'm sorry, like, <laughs> this isn't mm-hmm. working out, but it's not you, it's me kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's like you're breaking up with your, with your old yeah, job. Yeah, we can your still old be life, friends. old version of yourself you'd be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a happy one. still friends with your old job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm going to continue talking to you with coaching, but best of luck on your last day. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I have complete faith in you, and I'm here for you, and I'm here for it. Thanks, I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, All right. So to wrap up today's episode, is there anything that we can help promote for you? Yeah. So I think by the time 
the podcast comes out, my website should be out. So it's going to be artbyshravia.com where I'll have my blog and online store. I'll be having a lot of uh, cool merch coming out as well. So. Oh, what kind of merch? So I'm thinking yoga mats, and it's a lot of um, um, yoga I have stuff. never, se- I haven't really seen an artist do yoga mats. Why? Yeah, is that? same. I haven't either, but my dog scratches my yoga mat a lot, so I just wanted <laughs> a custom one out of pure necessity. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pure necessity, and I did like um, the same thing as I as we mentioned. I did a lot of stories, and um, you know, just testing out the waters. Um, that's something you know. There's a need, I think, for cute yoga mats. Why do they have to be boring? and my illustrations are perfect one. i actually really need i really need a new yoga mat to be honest yeah, yeah so. I, I do and cute They've stickers been for like six years yeah so stickers i, I think stickers and, and pins i want you to start making some yay pins. i'm excited so that's what we're you're gonna in be working fucking on hong kong so exactly yeah so. <laughs> get that shit manufactured um i have to wait like eight weeks i'm pretty i'm sure yours is gonna be like two week one week turnaround yeah yeah i can actually just you know, drive there and go to the factory. My God. <laughs> Gee, ugh, I'm not jealous. Uh, <laughs> I can help you. Man, can I just order my pens from you and you can just ship them to yes. me? That's the only <laughs> thing I'm worried about, shipping. Um, yeah, just yeah. get a third party. Just get a drop shipper. Yeah, that's the... Uh, find some, yeah, just find someone in the UK, then someone in the US, and they drop ship your, your stuff for you. Or mm-hmm. Printful. Printful can drop ship for you. Yeah. You yeah, just got to figure it out. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's 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 not as expensive as you might think. Yeah, just saying, just throwing it out there. Um, and as someone who manually ships all of her <laughs> enamel pins and uh, stickers, it takes a long ass time. I don't do it. I have Rick do it mm-hmm. all. Um, it took him ten hours last month. Wow. Yep. <laughs> that's a lot yeah to ship out like because now we're shipping out like hundreds of these things a month. But the things that will help is ship station. Mm-hmm. Um, getting uh the thermal printed one of those printers that doesn't require ink that ships Ooh. out the printing labels that thing is oof, it's cool get one um and then also buying I, I i prefer to buy stamps over getting labels mm-hmm. i literally just bought three thousand stamps and it just came in the mail today and it just looks like duct tape it's like sixteen hundred dollars worth of stamps i've never i feel very uncomfortable spending that much money on stamps but it's like <laughs> yeah that'll last me like two months yeah so it's just like international it takes three stamps guys um because i can it actually shave on shipping because it's an envelope versus a package just li- little tips just extra little, little here you go um yes. something that took me a while to figure out just that's just, exactly just what mentorship is for right all these Boom. things that you would never figure out yourself unless you have eight nine years of experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and like definitely get a return address stamp and not and don't do labels because I'm currently doing labels and I wish I had a stamp. Oh, I, w- I wish I had a, I wish I had a stamp and get a PO box. Wow. Yeah. I need to get one. <laughs> check, 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 Doing check, everything check. out of my house and it's not even my house. It's my mom's. <laughs> yeah. So well, I save on that money. Yeah, exactly. Ain't nothing. If, if you don't got toxic family, lean on them. <laughs> yeah. Like it's fine. I, I can't personally stay with my parents. Um, but if you can do it, do it. Like it ain't no shame. Doesn't even matter how old you are. Just do what you, as long as you're doing what you love. That's all that's that's all that matters. And you're doing things that are morally right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, fucking go for it. I love it. I don't want to hang up on you because I like you. Really you. Um, guys, so please give my girl some love on the Instagram. Okay, as a reminder, because I know her name is a little hard to say. 
That's okay because she's fucking beautiful. Um, so <laughs> we're spelling it S-R-A-V-Y-A underscore A-T-T-A-L-U-R-I. And of course, we'll be mentioning her a, sh- a shit ton on the gram. Also, we feature her every month anyways. <laughs> uh, she's also on the website, womenofillustration.com. So you can get all the links to all the things that she just mentioned as well. As a reminder, the best way you guys can support Women of Illustration is just to tell people that we exist. Tell people that the podcast exists, that you can listen to it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us positive reviews, please. Um, <laughs> and always interested in getting feedback and DMs. If you want to get featured on our Instagram, just use the hashtag Women of Illustration. Even better, if you want to go ahead and uh, get something promoted using our Patreon, even just a dollar a month gets you early access to our Women of Illustration Friday's prompt that we mentioned, which will give you more days to make your work that much better. So you're much more likely to get featured on the grid. But usually I like to feature everybody in stories. And that's all the things. So thanks for listening. We have a couple more episodes left of the season. And then we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with season four. Um, All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>